tape of these last two games, your last two losses, what jumps out to you and what the issues are with this team right now? Um, that's a great question. So, um, some things that we've been battling all year long, and some things that um, there's just a little bit of slippage. You know, it's <clears throat> it's interesting. You look at the the film from the last weekend, and there's so much good. Like there's there's so much stuff. Um, it almost makes it a little bit frustrating because there's so many positive plays. There's so many good reads. There's so many moments where the guys are communicating, doing. We do some things. We we actually did better than we've done all season long, uh, and we just had. Um, we had some misfortune. We had some some uh, unfortunate stretches that were really weird. You know, we have um, a stretch where we had eight straight possessions against Pacific, and five of them in a row. I thought were like I would grade them out as great possessions uh, early in the game, and we just for whatever reason. Um, they just ended up in a miss or a miscue or whatever, and and so, um, you know, we had some misfortune. We had some, uh, you know, bad direction from the bench. We just had a lot of things at, at inopportune times. It's um it's hard to win games, and uh, these guys have spoiled us all season long. Um, but but you know so so. We see a lot, you know. We had some, we had some transition defense issues. We had some, uh, some, some rebounding issues. We had some, some issues in terms of our decision making on the offensive end. We had some, uh, some issues with game plan things. You know, it's 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 a pot party of things. It's not one thing to point to. Um, it, you know, it's just um, so it's 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 a lot of different ways we can get better. How do you, as a coach, address these things with your team and sort of? Make sure that the message is not like too harsh. Like, like, what is your tone when you're trying to reach these players and trying to get them to play the way you want them to? Play? Yeah, it's super. It's I think it's super dynamic and kind of uh, responds to the moment. And sometimes it's not great either. Um, so um, that's something we're all trying to figure out together. And um, you know, we're in the you know we're in the you know the the last third of the season. It's kind of the championship third of the season. And um, you know, we, you know, I think we have a little bit of a direction of how we want to reset um, going into this last third. Uh, I think that the guys understand, and it's got us all a little bit nervous and a little bit anxious. But um, I'm excited about it, and um, I, th I think it's a, a, a focus and an understanding that we're all sharing together right now. And and um, so. You know, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's super exciting. It's really fun. It's a great. It's a great time of year, and uh, we have a great group of young men and, a, and a, a great locker room. And so it's going to be fun to see what they can do. You always say that the next game is the hardest game. What makes this San Francisco game challenging? Well, it's the next game. That makes it challenging. Uh, and they're one of the top teams in the country. I mean, they're a top thirty team or top thirty five team or whatever. And so those games are always tough. Um, they um, they have a, a incredibly veteran season backcourt like we do um, in in Bouye and Shabazz, two guys that are you know Bouye is is one of those first step guys that can kind of get anywhere on the floor whenever he wants to, um, and he also is uniquely you know by our count he's a more accurate three point shooter off the bounce than he is catch and shoot. He'll play with the ball and play behind ball screens, and it makes him really challenging to guard. Uh, he's he is a he you know he plays without an agenda. Um, he just is pretty consumed with making the right play, 
and that makes him difficult to guard also. And then Shabazz is, uh, you know, Shabazz has given us fits in the past just in terms of like sometimes he just makes shots that you can't guard. Right, there's just you know it's the only way to guard him is not get him the ball. But he's just most of the time on the floor. He's the quickest, uh, you know, uh, most mobile guy on the floor. And so uh, they're just a really, really veteran, seasoned, dangerous backcourt. And then they've got a. Uh, the, I think when we were down there um, at San Francisco, the first game, I was surprised by their size. Uh, I think their size and physicality was really, really impressive. Uh, top A and Masalski uh, are just they're just big bodies and really athletic and they rim protect and they rebound and they're really aggressive to the glass and so they have a um, you know their size is is you know eye opening and then um, and then you know they're surrounded by this cast of shooters. This Meeks is really growing into his own. He's really kind of found himself in San Francisco and and uh, Rich Wayne is a guy that's always. You know, you're always terrified of. He put on a show here last year during COVID, and and uh, it was it last year, two years ago? I can't remember. But he put on a show that I remember very clearly. And uh, and Stefanini is a really skilled veteran, veteran guy also. So, um, you know, I've left out a couple guys that are really good. Um, and so they they have depth. They're really well coached. They understand who they are. They got size and explosiveness. They can really shoot the ball. You mentioned the size, and Gonzaga probably has even more size than San Francisco. Mm-hmm. How do you, in both these games, combat the size of these teams? Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a good question. You know, uh, you know, w- w- the one thing we have is we have some length in the middle when we have the right lineups on the floor, and um, so and, and we have uh, guys that are really committed to actually doing their job. So, you know, we're confident we can compete. Um, um, you know, and, and kind of make up the, the size difference the best we can. Now, we, we, we didn't have a ton of success early in the San Francisco game, and we didn't have a ton of success at any point after the first couple of minutes at Gonzaga uh, managing the size. But uh, that's a real challenge for us, and it's, it's something that our guys are keenly aware of and understand kind of the challenge in front of them. Is, is we're going to have to figure out a bunch of ways to do it. Is it, is it more scheme, or is it, is it an effort-based thing? Both. You know, at the end of the day, it's at the end of the day. The great thing about league games and, and and high quality games, right? I mean, this game we played at San Francisco was a real, real game. It was a it was a heavy hitting game. It reminded me of our game two years ago at San Fr- at St. Mary's that we lost. But you finish the game, you're like, man, that was two really good teams going at it. Um, um, and so, you know, I think I think we have a keen understanding of what we're facing. And um, we just, you know, it always comes down to effort. It always does. Like, it always comes down to that. And, and um, you know, the one thing we know from our guys, they're going to give us supreme effort. They're going to give a big-time effort. And, um, and then, you know, the rest of it will come from scheme and matchups and spacing and all the other things that are involved. Can you go through a rough stretch? How much do you rely on your team leadership, particularly from the seniors, to kind of through it? Yeah, you know, it's – it's, like it's so it's so hard, right? I mean, this is the worst, and then there's like a part of it is like this is the greatest, right? Because it it um like the great thing about sports is that 
and that sounds super masochistic, but it's the great thing about sports is when it challenges you, when you just, when it kind of, you get punched in the face and you're trying to figure out if you can do it, if you can figure out answers, if you can pull together, if you can lift each other up. So we, we're relying on our veteran leaders right now, and I'm having conversations with young guys about, you know, buoying up their teammates too. Um, that's, that's what we've spent the last um, miserable and really uh, awful and really beautiful last couple of days having really, really hard, um, really, really over-the-top emotional uh, conversations with each other inside of our, inside of our team. Um, trying to dig deep and find out, you know, it's the great thing about adversity, right? It forces you to to do such deep dives to find out ways to be better, and then it rips you apart and and exposes you, you know, and then you get to rebuild yourself, right? I mean, it's just awesome. It's a really incredible process, and it's super fun process when you come out the other end successful. <laughs> so, so that's the most important part. And um, I have a lot of confidence in this group that they'll do that. But right now, we're um, you know we're we're fighting hard. You mentioned having these like, from what I interpret, soul searching type of emotional conversations, and these are like kids in there from eighteen yeah. you know, to early twenties. I'm kind of curious, like how, how what is the feedback like from them as young men? It's everything, right? First of all, these guys are way more mature than I am. So we can start there, and they're way more in control of their emotions than I am, and and uh, they're they're great people, and um, and they care about each other. Like they've grown, almost in spite of ourselves, we've grown to kind of care about each other. It doesn't mean we don't get really mad at each other sometimes, and it doesn't mean that there's not frustration, and it doesn't mean that there's not history that brews up from time to time. But um, but it's. Like the growth process is messy, right? And the one thing that we have in this team is we have enough, we've built up enough capital and enough trust that we can go through a really messy growth process and get better. And that's, come on, that's life, right? And so it's the best thing you get out of sports is you, 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 you get to experiment over and over and over again with, 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 um, you know, responding to, to, to tough situations and then you become better at it, right? And it's pretty cool. And these guys are definitely doing that. How much have you thought about changing the starting lineup? Um, you know, I'm not spending, I don't really, the starting lineup doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is, and, and uh, our analytics crew is just, they just want to choke, they just want to, they just want to, I can't say any of those things. They're just super frustrated with me. They want me to respond more quickly to, um, it, you know, our search right now is, you know, I don't know if we'll start starting, change the start lineup or not, but there are some trends where I'm pairing guys on the floor less efficiently than I can, right? So we have some lineups in some situations, and the variable, there's so many variables that it, 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 that's where your head wants to explode, but where I can actually put guys that function better on the floor together more often. And um, and that's our focus right now. And that might result in the change of starting lineup, but that's not really going to matter. What matters is, can I get can I get the guys together on the floor that fit together the best more often? And that that's that's really crucial for us. And that is, 
that is not an easy uh, analytical question to answer. Because like I said, there's so many variables to consider. There's too many, but but we can do better. I can do better at that. That's one of the things where I need to get way better with this team is is um, is is not just who starts on the court, but like who's on the floor together at different times when we need different things. It's super important. Both games, both losses, I should say. Um, Close at the end, do you lean into the analytics or is it a field thing when determining what group you want to have close out of game? I'm totally happy if you just say both games. You can say both losses if you want. <laughs> um, well, listen, here's the thing. This is a great thing about our team is that uh, I think our team is built on, um, on guys that start with their responsibilities first, right? And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's analytical and it's feel a hundred percent and and merging the two is really complicated. It's really complicated because, and 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 we're fighting this battle every day as a staff is is um, trying to rectify those two. There's an art to it. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. A real like diehard diehard Ken Palm would be so disgusted with me to hear me say that there's any art whatsoever involved in in the analytical side of evaluating your team. But I think there is because. Because we're just not masters of the numbers. There's so many variables that you have to consider that even our best analytics guys aren't taking everything into account, right? And that's the part where you're just like, hey, in this moment right now, I got to trust. We got to trust our gut. We got to trust the response from the guys. We got to trust what we're seeing in their face and what we're feeling from their heart and what what they are in this particular moment. The great thing about analytics is they give you a they give you a like a. You know, I mean, the m most difficult thing about analytics is, is sample size, right? And so if you can get a sample size of a million possessions, then you're going to hone in on more potentially correct information. We don't ever get that in college basketball. I mean, it's, you know, the pros would say, why are you guys wasting your time with analytics over a 30-game season? Because they don't even, their, their stuff's not even valuable till they're 60 or 70 or 80 or three seasons in with the same roster, right? And um, so it's both, and um, clearly um, my uh, merging of analytics and feel was not successful last week. When you kind of evaluate these rotation changes, how late in the season are you comfortable tweaking a lineup, or is there a time like late February where you're just saying we're going to run this? Um, <clears throat> no, I'm super, like these guys give me unbelievable luxury as a coach. And they don't care. I mean, they care, but they don't really care. They just want to win, right? And so, um, you know, there's there's a million things to take in consideration, um, you know, and and you'll you see on our on our you know timesheet the guys minutes vary wildly from game to game, um, and and the starting lineup is overstated. Like starting lineup is fine, but you know, I'm changing my starting lineup. 90 seconds into the game anyway on most games so it's you know it's it's you know my analytics guys would say why are you spending so much time worrying about starting lineup they're together for 90 seconds like there's a lot more game than that and and um and that's true actually that's really true how do you manage the reaction of the players that do care about their starting positions well everybody cares it's just we have a group of guys that care more about other things, right? So everyone cares. Everyone, you know, everyone, everyone cares about their box score and their numbers and their future and their success and their notoriety. Everybody does. And um, but but we're like I said, we're blessed with guys that care more about other things. And and so what you do is you trust in the care more about other things. And and our guys are good with it. Okay.
the 90 second change uh, after the starting lineup is that like scripted or is that just sometimes sometimes and sometimes it's feeling sometimes it's situational and sometimes it's foul issues and sometimes it's fatigue and some you know it's it's interesting you know sometimes people ask about rotations um, you know and sometimes you have to get a guy off the floor early so you can get him back sooner so you can get the dude that's been on the floor for a long time off and not be naked out there, right? So, so there, there's a lot more that goes into um, kind of feeling out rotations than just like who's playing good right now, right? Um, and, so, and so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to it and, and it's what makes it fun. And I got to do it better. You mentioned earlier that this is going to be the, like the championship third of the season, mm -hmm. right? So after so many games, when you guys pick 21, 22, whatever it is, is this also the type of season where fatigue starts to set in, and, and how do you kind of manage that, considering that this is the push and you guys got to try to make it tomorrow? Yeah, there's no way to trick it, right? I mean, you know, I worry about some of our young guys. Like some of our young guys, I'm like, you know, there there is like this concept of a freshman wall sometimes that can be real it's just like it's been so intense for so long it's just like you know I need to tap for you know tap out for a second here um, and and then you worry about strain on bodies and you worry about all those things the same thing every team is worrying about right and you're just trying to manage it the best you can um, and the truth is is that most of us are going to manage it very average or poorly and then there's going to be a few teams, a handful of teams that manage it great. And those few teams end up being championship teams. And that's actually super fun. Like, the chase is really fun. And our guys are, our guys are engaged. They're in it. They're chasing. So. Okay. We're ready for the Zoom question. Okay. Uh, Mark, what can you take from the end of that Pacific game in terms of energy and getting some turnovers late, some, maybe some some guys felt uh, a little, I don't know, desperation is the right word, but the energy that that produced. Can you, mm -hmm. can you bottle that up a little bit and maybe use it during the game? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it might be something that we dip our toe into from time to time. Um, you know, what you learn about when you're around this game enough is that um, scenario uh, situations uh, special scenario situations are rarely translatable as as much as we might want to chase them and be like, oh, you know, this was great. They're they're rarely successfully translatable to other scenarios um, that are that are different. But with that said, I, I do think we take some things from it. Um, you know, the most most the most real message we take from it is there was an in increased intensified urgency uh, late in the game, and that's not us. It's not what we do. It's not what we do. Um, that has not been the character of this team. Um, it's not us. We are 100% we are urgent from the tip, and, and just that um, feel that you had, Darnell, watching the game is something that I think is super disconcerting to our guys, meaning is something they know they feel like, man, we have to remedy this because that's not us. It hasn't been us all season. It hasn't, hasn't been us in our tenure here. Is, is, you know, we're, we're urgent and desperate from tip. So great lesson for us. And it's not an uncommon lesson. That's a lesson that every single team has to learn and relearn and relearn and relearn over and over and over during the course of a season. But that, that was probably the most telling takeaway. But if you see us start uh, in a full-court frenzied press against the Zags and against San Francisco this weekend, don't be surprised. <laughs>